Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, helping you uh, know you're not alone on your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us today. Today we're going to talk about Our Lady of Guadalupe. We celebrate her feast day in just uh, three days. Uh, Today is actually the memorial of St. Juan Diego. We don't know too much about him, but he, of course, is the native Mexican whom the ever-Virgin Mary, mother of the true God, as she identified herself, appeared to this poor man in 1531 near what is now Mexico City. She wanted him to tell the bishop she wanted a church built so she could show love and compassion for the native people. It's a marvelous, miraculous story. I love this story. We're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, our spiritual director, Father Douglas McKay. Father Douglas, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries, located in the Grace Ferry section of Philadelphia. Father Douglas also serves as the international chaplain of the Calix Society and is the Calix chaplain of the Philadelphia unit proclaiming the Catholic faith to members of the 12-step programs. Father Douglas McKay, a pleasure to have you back on the program. How are you doing today? Well, Chuck, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Blessed once again (laughs) to be back with you and really this beautiful uh, memorial, Juan Diego, and also, as you said, Our Lady Guadalupe. Wow. Yeah, it's a... There's so much in in this. They say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, this image of her is worth volumes, let me tell you. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about that today, as we do every day. We'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join in the conversation, and we'll do that here in just a minute or two. But, uh, Father Douglas, get us started. This this story of Our Lady of Guadalupe, her appearance to Juan Diego uh, in December of 1531. Um, One, most of us probably know the story, but it's such a wonderful story. Tell us about it again. Um, and after I tell it, we'll talk about the significance of it, the importance of it. But Juan Diego, born in 1474, his parents died when he was just a child, and his uncle, Bernardino, reared him. He was married to uh, Maria Lucia, and uh, they lived in like a one-room mud house, talking about poverty. He was a farmer, mat weaver, furniture maker, handyman in the vicinity, but his abiding virtue is humility. You know, you see, our Blessed Mother always comes to the children or those who are childlike with humble hearts. Even walk like would stoop and would shuffle his feet. But uh, both his wife and himself would walk 15 miles to attend Mass and receive further instructions in the Catholic faith. They would rise long before dawn to begin their journey for the missionaries had stressed that the importance of arriving early for Mass so today it's like we're there on the buzzer shot, and 
and we're, we're even out the door before the priest leaves the altar. But uh, Maria died, you know, in 1529, leaving him alone and lonely. And he moved back with his uncle, which was only now nine miles from, from the church in 1531. Now Juan's 57, but the journey's a little more arduous because he is, he's older. But uh, again, here's the day, uh, Saturday, uh, December 9th, 1531. They really have in mind, you know, the, the image of the, of the Immaculate Conception. I think about the Franciscans and Don Scotus there uh, around that time who died in 1308. They were already talking about, you know, the Immaculate Conception uh, back there. Of course, it wouldn't be um, promulgated until 1854. But anyway, uh, he's passing by uh, Te- Tepeyac Hill. He hears music. It's in the morning twilight. He looks up. He sees a glowing white cloud. It's emblazoned by a brilliant rainbow and a gentle voice of a woman. Juanito, Juanito, she effectually calls. He climbs unafraid. He found himself face to face with a beautiful lady. Her garments shone like sun. Juanito, where are you going? I'm going to Mass. And then she identifies herself as a perfect perpetual virgin, mother of the true God, from whom everything lives, the Lord of all things, merciful mother, and then the request to build a temple, a church to be built, and, and to go to the uh, bishop, Zumarago, and tell him about building a, a church. And so off he goes, and um, the second he goes off and you know, he has to persevere. The servants, you know, kind of don't want to let him in, but finally he gets in, he tells the bishop, and the bishop blows him off. And he goes back to the to Our Lady Guadalupe, who's waiting for him. It's the same day, second visit. And he humbles himself on his knees, and he told the noble lady everything. He said, send someone else, someone with uh, that's important, someone that's noble, with prestige, unlike myself. And Mary said, no, you're the one, one. You're the one to go. And so uh, he goes again the next day, emphasizing that she, and she's emphasizing she's the virgin mother. And now he's back at the residence. The servants didn't want him inside again. He persists, and he waits several hours. And then he tells the bishop, you know, he's asking for a sign. The bishop says, "Uh, I want a sign. So uh, he goes back, and he told Mary that uh, he he wants a sign. And um, to come again the next day, and Mary would give the sign. Now, this is the uh, third uh, visit, and he goes home, but he finds his uncle Bernardino seriously ill, dreaded with fever that had claimed many lives, so he stays uh, with his dying uncle that day, so there's no apparition there there on the the, uh, 11th. And so early the next morning, the 12th, he's on his way uh, to get the priest, and the Franciscans taught him well. I mean, it's amazing. He goes for the priest. He's trying to bypass this beautiful image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And she comes down to Payac Hill and heads him off. And, and you know, and says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to get the priest. And again, uh, she says that, uh, you, know, you know, told her about the uncle. And she responded about the uncle. And she must have been so impressed that he wanted to get the priest. But he said, you know, he's saying, look, you know, Juan, you're all upset and you're worried about everything. And Chuck, this, this is the beautiful, consoling message that he, she gives to Juan Diego, but also to, to each and every one of us, especially us who are listening now, 
that Chuck, she's talking to you, she's talking to me. So just put your own self in, in these beautiful words of our Blessed Mother. She says to him, listen and let it penetrate your heart. My dear little Chucky, do not be troubled or weighed down with grief. Do not fear any illness or vexation, anxiety or pain. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not your fountain of life? Are you not in the folds of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Is there anything else you need? And she smiled. And then she told him to go up to the hill where the flowers are, right? It's frozen and those flowers grown, but here are the flowers. And, and she says, just to bring the uh, Castilian roses. And he comes down with the roses. And, and Mary takes the, the mantle and she arranges the uh, roses in his uh, tilma. And, you know, she's the artist. She's the artist of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you know. And she ties it around him just like a, a mother dressing her son. And she says, go off to, to, to the bishop. So uh, he goes back to the bishop and, you know, of course, he, uh, you know, lets the tilma down and all the roses fall out in that beautiful image of our of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, of course, the bishop and there was another bishop present, the governor. They fall on their knees and um, bishop... Zumarago, Raga, you know, he's asking for forgiveness to the Blessed Mother because this was the sign that he was asking for, Castilian roses. And so he gets the roses, and immediately they start the processions. And uh, from there, really, uh, it really takes off, Chuck. Uh, yeah. And the conversions are just wonderful. But that's pretty much in a summary, you know, of the story of the, of the apparitions. Yeah. <clears throat> and there, were, Father, there was another apparition. Uh, to the uncle Bernardino, so there were actually mm. five apparitions, and she told the uncle too about to build a, a church. Father Douglas McKay is our spiritual director. Let's open up our phone lines, talking today about Our Lady of Guadalupe and uh, Juan Diego. How would you describe your relationship, your devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe? And we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm so taken with Juan Diego said, get someone else. I'm not noble enough. But when have you, like St. Juan Diego, told Our Lady and Our Lord that you weren't qualified? Get someone else. But they persisted, and you discovered some way to carry out God's plan in your life. It's a toll-free phone number. If you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife@relevantradio.com. So, Father Douglas, you talked about the significance of this. Explain the significance of this incredible story, but this uh, apparition of Our Lady. Yeah, Chuck, uh, this is so powerful. <clears throat> you know, I want to connect the dots here. Let's go back to 1492, Christopher Columbus discovering America. The three ships that sailed, first of all, there's 120 men on each ship. They go to Mass that day, they go to Confession, and he even had the, the ones to go to um, a monastery to, to ask for the Blessed Mother's patronage. But here are the name of the three ships, you know, not everyone may know them. Um, Sancta Maria, Holy Mary, um, Nina, Pinta, Young Maiden Painted. There it is. You know, the Young Maiden, Nina, Holy Mary, Painted. And, the, and she's painted with, uh, gosh, the traces. They came and traced them back here. But anyway, off they go, and of course, uh, the, the new world there. And uh, it's like the Blessed Mother bringing the priest in. In fact, it, was, it would be the second 
um, voyage where the first masses actually celebrated there at uh, Santa uh, Domingo. And they had the priest, and, and they start the chapel right there, and the Franciscans come in and begin to evangelize all the Aztec Indians. But this is what this is what it's all about, Chuck, and we can't miss this. It's about the Immaculate Conception. And certainly the Franciscans are teaching this at this time. And uh, re- remember, there's 20,000 Aztec human offerings up. They're making these human sacrifices to the false gods, 20,000 a year in these temples. And she's coming to stop all this. And, and, you know, it's all about this, you know, the scourge that we're in today. It's the reason why you see, you know, Our Lady, the image going before the pro-life images, that she stopped all that and, and built the church. Why the church? Well, you know, bring in the priest, bring in the truths of our salvation, Bring in the altar, bring in the baptismal front, font, bring in the confessional, and all these temples now are, are ended, but they're not destroyed because now the Franciscans are bringing in the crucifixes and the altars into these temples. But that's what it's all about, Chuck. And, and, to, and to make the connections here, really, you know, after 15, you know, we, we come to 1830, the miraculous medal. It's really called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception. And Mary, in the vision uh, before the medal, uh, July 18th, 19th, the uh, first thing she does in 140 Rudabach is she, the Blessed Mother prostrates, puts her face down at the altar in the tabernacle there, one. And in her conversation with Catherine Labouret, she says, tell all the people to go to the altar, all the remedies are there. And, and that's what it's all about, to go there, to bring our sins, to have conversions, and to change. Now... Within eight, within seven years, there's eight million, eight to nine million conversions, a massive conversion. And if you go to the, uh, the, you know, with Martin Luther, with the, with the Protestant, uh, it was like about uh, eight million left the Catholic Church. Now eight million are, are, are joining the Catholic Church. But it's all about that. Now that's 1830. Then we come to 1854, where the dogma is proclaimed the Immaculate Conception, and then in 1858, the, the visions to Our Lady of Lourdes through Catherine Labouret, who's wearing the Miraculous Medal as a hybrid, and Mary says, I am the Immaculate Conception. Now, here's what we don't miss. You, you know, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception, but we need to talk about that. What does I, I am the Immaculate Conception mean? You take the word I, that's first person, and then she says, I am the I am conception. She's telling us that right there is where she finds her identity. She's full of grace. She's full of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Word is going to become flesh in her, right? March 25th, we had that reading yesterday. And to me, God takes flesh there when Mary says yes, nine months before he comes into the world on Christmas Day. The the Incarnation is the most significant feast we have, because without the Incarnation on March 25th, there's no birthday, there's no Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday, and, and there's no resurrection. That this is so significant, that the life of Christ's conception began in his mother's womb nine months before he came into the world. We know that through this, this beautiful dogma, the Incarnation. And then the Blessed Mother, we, we're celebrating the Immaculate Conception, right, on, on the 8th, and nine months later, we'll celebrate her birthday on September the 8th. 
We're missing this. This is about pro-life. Chuck, everything that's going on today, all the evils of our society, the pandemic, um, the violence, the drug overdoses, the suicides, I'm convinced that it's because of what we, we're not taking care, we're not fighting, we're not standing up and really protecting human life. What is it the uh, John Paul II said? We will stand up and proclaim that no one, no one has the authority to destroy unborn human life. And Mother Teresa, the, the countries with legalized abortions are the poorest in the world. And then she also says, the nation who permits abortion will not exist as a nation. And here's the point, Chuck. You know, we're on a ship and we're going down. If we don't take care of this, this is the foundation. And we need to stop this scourge. And we need to go to our Blessed Mother, who ended those human sacrifices. And she wants to end that. But we have to join with her. Just like all those Aztecs with those conversions. They came to Christ. They came to the confession. They came to to the sacrament, to the Eucharist, to to the foot of the altar where all the remedies are. So this whole this whole point, the, the significance of Mary appearing here in, in Guadalupe is to end the human sacrifice, to, to build churches, and to stop abortions today. That's the significance. Yeah. We are talking today about Our Lady of Guadalupe, and how would you describe uh, your relationship, uh, your devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and when have you, uh, like St. Juan Diego, told Our Lady and Our Lord that you weren't qualified, get someone else, but they uh, persisted and you discovered some way to carry out God's plan. In your life, we'd love to hear the story. Father Douglas McKay is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-914. Four nights, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Chuck Neff along with our producer Nick Schmitz, Jim Shaper answering your phone calls. 
today. And uh, Father Douglas McKay, our spiritual director, Father Douglas, one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries, that located in the Grays Ferry section of Philadelphia. And he also serves as the international chaplain of the Calix Society and the Calix chaplain of the Philadelphia Unit, proclaiming the Catholic faith to members of the 12-step programs. Talking uh, today on this Memorial uh, Feast Day of St. Juan Diego about Our Lady of Guadalupe, a great story uh, that occurred between these uh, two, uh, this man and this uh, woman, Our Lady, in December of uh, 1531, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Phone lines are open, by the way, if you'd like to join us. We invite you to do that. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. But how would you describe your devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe? And we're going to talk about this. St. Juan Diego told Our Lady that uh, get someone else. He wasn't qualified to do this. When have you said that? And uh, But Our Lady, Our Lord persisted, and you really found a way to carry out God's plan. In your life, again, toll-free if you'd like to share the story, 888-914-9149. Let me mention real quick, by the way, if you're just joining us, don't forget you can hear our podcast of the entire show. Just go to the website, relevantradio.com, to the Inner Life page, and download today's program, really any of our programs. This uh, show is generally available for a download with oh, in an hour or so after we say goodbye at the top of the hour. And if the program has given you a little help or a little help, a uh, little hope, uh, share it with your friends. Tell them about it as well. So, Father Douglas, before we get to a couple of phone calls, I'm so taken with Juan Diego and where the part of the story where he goes to the bishop, the bishop doesn't believe him. He goes back and says to Our Lady, um, I beg you to entrust your message to someone more illustrious who might convey it in order that they may believe it if I am only, uh, for I am only an insignificant man. Basically, get someone else. I'm not qualified to do this. When I love that story, just in terms of his humility, his obedience, his perseverance, but I just have to think, don't all of us today in the year 2020 somehow, some way, maybe too often say, you know what, Lord, you know what, Mary, get someone else. I'm not qualified. Yeah, Chuck, I, I tell you, it still happens in my life. I always got to make acts of trust, even coming here on relevant radio. You know, uh, you know, all these people that are listening, I'm not the most qualified priest to, to be talking to all these people. And um, even homilies, you know, when you give a homily, there's always a sense of tension. You know, i got to get this right. All these people are listening. And it's always uh, the Holy Spirit. Will you do it again? Will you do it again? And he does. He does do it again. And, Chuck, I go back to, you know, the book that I wrote, my, my vocation story, and hearing the Blessed Mother's words uh, to me someday, you know, when I, uh, over and over again, please, Blessed Mother, ask your son if I could be a priest. And then hearing that whisper after hundreds of times, and she says, shh, my son, go to sleep. Someday you will be a priest. And then, you know, throughout the years, and I, I didn't do well in school. You know, I cheated on exams at Newman. I went to high school. I, you, you know, I had one of the lowest test marks. Like, I had 19 out of 100%. And, you, you, you know, I'm still hearing this voice. Someday you'll be a priest. I'm saying, well, God's not going to call me. I'm not smart enough. You know, you, you know I, I, I'm a sinner. I, I did this. I'm not, you want to pick the people in the classroom that were the age students. You know, and guess what, Chuck? They didn't become priests. I did. 
you know, and that's the whole thing, you know, with Juan Diego. You know, we, he, God picks the weakest to confound the strong. And it really, everything good comes through us, but not from us. That he's divine, and we're the branch, and we can do absolutely nothing. And, and But it's amazing, sometimes, once you get up in the pulpit and you're starting to preach, you're listening to yourself, what's coming through you. And you're looking out at the people and how they're just um, attentive to what you're saying. And you know it's not you. You know it's not you. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. And, and I think we get scared and worried and all that because we think it's about us. And I have to do it. No, I just have to surrender and be humble. And to be humble is to give God permission to work through us, to let that light of Christ shine through us. But, yeah, I, I think we all have doubts and we go through that. But we got to continually turn it over to the Lord. You know, that novena that we, you know, is getting so popular. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And everything means everything. Please and thank you. And he does all the time. And if I can just interject this story, Chuck, and I think this is going to help a lot of people, that there was a little girl in Europe, and she's on a train, and they're kind of crossing rivers and streams between mountains. And the little girl's getting really frightened, you know. The train's going to fall into the river. But someone built a bridge, and she went over. And then she got scared again. Oh, I'm going to fall in the river, the stream. Someone built a bridge. And then again, another bridge and another bridge. And then the girl began to uh, have confidence and sit back and enjoy the scenery because she said, someone built bridges all along. And when you think of Jesus Christ, he's the Pontifex, the bridge builder, that he takes care of everything. Just let him take care of it. And anything else is nothing but our pride, you know. But to be humble is to know Jesus Christ in our hearts. Uh, and to let him come through with all the goodness, because we don't manufacture anything good. We participate in it. It comes through us, but not from us. But yeah, Chuck, you're right. You know, uh, just like Juan Diego, we're, we, we all fall into that category. Yeah, and then so, Father Douglas, uh, the element of trust for somebody listening today who is hearing what you're saying, but is still saying, oh, come on, I'm not qualified, I don't have the skills, I just don't know how to do this, or... But uh, the, that element of trust that if we're if we're being called, if we're being asked to to do something in our lives where we don't think we're qualified, the element of trust that God is in this and He's with us. Yeah, really. You, you, you know, just uh, trust Him, and you, we know when He's asking something because He's like the hand of heaven; it doesn't go away. You, you know, like that. Um, someday you'll be a priest. That, that echoed all through my heart, even when I'm drinking in the bars, even after fights. That, that's how you know that you're truly being called to that, or that would have died out. You know, so you have a discernment of God's will there because it's strong in your heart, and you just you know the fruits out on the limb. You just have to trust Him and and go and do it. And 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 that's His will. You know, when we find that will and we conform to that will, whether I'm called to be a priest or or religious or um, you know, radio announcer or host, whatever it is, you know, just to uh, to to be that, you know, and, yeah. and that's where we find our peace and His will, and and to do what He's uh, asking us to do, yeah. and uh, that's what we're created for. We all are part of that plan of God, and we're all like that little mosaic. We're all a piece of it, and something beautiful for God when we all join in that and do our little parts. Something beautiful happens. 
Father Douglas McKay, our spiritual director, talking about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Let's take some phone calls. We're going to start with Angel listening in Bakersfield, California. Hi, thank you for the call. Thank you for waiting, and welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I just want to share a little story that, that an incident that happened to me back in 1985. This was in November 22nd of 1985. Um, we were in a car accident where a drunk driver hit us, and, and uh, during that time, uh, the car hit us broadsided, so, so I was on the passenger side, and, and that took the worst impact of the, of the accident. But my friend sitting behind me on the passenger side, he passed away in the car accident. And uh, I was practically dead too. So um, when when that happened, I uh, uh, automatically blacked out when, when the impact, and and uh, I wound up being in a coma for six days. They didn't know whether I was going to live or die. So um, during that time that I was in a coma, I had a dream, and and uh, uh, I heard a man's voice coming from heaven that said, "If you want to live, you have to climb a high mountain." And you got to be the first one to climb the mountain. And once you get up to the very top, the Virgen de Guadalupe is going to appear in front of you. And and I remember in my dream, I was running in a dirt road, and beside me were very beautiful flowers on both sides. And and uh, as I was running, I was trying to run as fast as I could because I wanted to live. And but I was like in slow motion, trying to advance, and I couldn't. But I would turn back and behind me and I would see my sisters and my brother and everybody behind me jumping and cheering and and, and, and having a good time but in my mind I wanted to get up there and live and and uh and and finally I, I was able to get to the very top and I was the first one there and as soon as I got up there the Virgin Mary appeared in front of me the Virgin de Guadalupe and and uh I, I saw her smile at me and and I'm assuming at that moment I went back into my body in the hospital, and and uh, so I told a lot of people after that, you know, I, I got well after that. Like two, three years later, I was telling a lot of people my story, and and uh, a lot of them would tell me, well, maybe the Virgin de Guadalupe was trying to tell you something. And I kept asking myself that same question, well, what did she want to tell me? Why did she tell me then, you know, um, when she appeared in front of me? And, and uh, so one day I, I told myself, you know what, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to buy her some flowers, and I'm going to kneel in front of her. And I'm going to ask her what is what she wanted to tell me. And, and uh, so I, I didn't care whether she told me in a person and a dream or however, but I wanted to know what she wanted to tell me. And when I was in church, there was only two people sitting in the back of the church and uh, two ladies. And, and as I got done, I, w- I was walking out of the church, and one of the ladies said, are, are you so-and-so? And I said, yes. And, and she said, uh, what are you doing here? Do you have a problem or something? I said, well, I said, you know what? I just came to ask the Virgen de Guadalupe something that, that's been troubling me. And as soon as I said that, one of them got up and gave me a rosary and said, look, this is what the Virgen de Guadalupe wants you to do. She wants you to pray the rosary. And the other lady gave me the booklet on how to pray it. But while they were giving me the rosary and the booklet, I felt the Virgin Mary standing right next to me. And, and ever since then... I've, I've been praying the rosary every day. Yeah, well, that's some story of grace, Angel. Um, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your friend uh, passing away. And it was just like the Mother Mary coming to you to give you, to console your heart. If there was any guilt in the accident or anything like that, you know, she's like saying to you, everything's okay, Angel. And, and um, 
and showing that love, that personal love that she has for you and each and every one of us. And that, you know, what I hear about is comfort and how you, you got that beautiful um, devotion to her, especially with the rosary and, and spreading that devotion of the rosary in Our Lady Guadalupe. So there's probably more to the story, but uh, keep looking. Maybe you'll yeah. have another dream and she'll clarify things even more for you. Yeah. Angel, great story. Thanks uh, for joining us on the program. And uh, I think that's such a, an interesting story when we're wondering what uh, the Lord might be asking of us, when we wonder what Our Lady might be asking of us or leading us to. Uh, gosh, Father Douglas, let's just ask. Yeah. Yeah, really. You know, asking you shall receive. I always think, Chuck, there's like four answers to, to prayer. When we ask for something, if it's not good for us, uh, the answer is no. Or it may be uh, yes, if it is good for us, or wait a while. But the fourth answer is, are you kidding me? But he answers all our prayers, and uh, we, we should be asking. God loves us to ask him. And if, you know, what Father doesn't like his child to ask him for favors and ice cream comb and, and, the, and the really joy of giving that ice cream comb to the child. So we, we ask the Father, and it shows our dependence on on God, and it's okay uh, to ask and to keep asking. That's what the Lord said. It was an eris tense, you know, asking you shall receive. Keep asking, keep persevering. And if we don't get what we want, we'll get what we need. Father Douglas McKay is our spiritual director talking today about Our Lady of Guadalupe. How would you describe your relationship with Our Lady of Guadalupe? And have you, like uh, St. Juan Diego, told uh, Our Lady and Our Lord that you weren't qualified? Get someone else. Uh, how did uh, they respond to your plea? And uh, how did that to make a difference in your journey of faith? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us. Good to have all of you with us on The Inner Life today. Father Douglas McKay, our spiritual director. Father Douglas, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries, that located in the Gray's Ferry section of Philadelphia. And uh, Father Douglas also serves as the international chaplain of the Calix Society and is the Calix chaplain of the Philadelphia Unit Proclaiming the Catholic Faith to members of the 12-step programs. Father Douglas mentioned a little bit earlier just his uh, call to the priesthood. And this is, I just love his book. It's his story. It's called My Anointing Echoes and um, also author of Heaven's Homecoming. And uh, you can find out more about that at uh, Father Douglas's website, ourhouseministries.org, ourhouseministries.org. So uh, check that out. Um, the, uh, my Anointing Echoes, it's just a great story of his call to the priesthood. I just absolutely love it. I describe it as uh, Father Douglas McKay as the St. John Vianney of 
the 21st century. It's just an incredible story. So just want to mention that. And uh, talking today about Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, your devotion to Our Lady. Uh, if you'd like to share that with us, we invite you to do that. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. So, Father Douglas, before I get to another phone call or two, talk, talk to us a little bit about the image. I mean, we talk about Our Lady yeah. and Juan yeah. Diego, but this image is absolutely yeah. – I, I don't have the words to describe it. Out of this it. world. Out of Out this, of this world. world, yeah. But Chuck, I just want to say thank you for really uh, promoting the Calix Society. It's so needed. You know, drug addiction's up. You, you know, every day I'm, I'm meeting people. You know, they're really struggling, suicides and all that. And the answer is the altar is the Eucharist, and that's what the Calix Society is all about. To come to the foot of the altar, uh, we substitute the cup that sanctifies for the cup that stupefies. It's all a Eucharistic organization. And it's the only cure. If I can say this, Chuck, St. Augustine, St. Monica was an alcoholic. She used to zip and drink cupfuls of, of wine down in her basement. But this was before she was married. But Augustine said this, that my mother had a disease, <clears throat> alcoholism, called it a disease, 1,600 years ago. And he said that there was no cure except the medicine of God, the Eucharist. And that's what the Calix Society, that's not part of our society. It's the heart of our society where all the blessings flow. So org, and we have online meetings every day, and people need to hear the good news of salvation and where the graces are coming from to really uh, get us up and get us close to God, who conquers all of our enemies, even death. Give us the website again and spell Calix yeah. for us. I, okay, Calix is C-A-L-I-X and there's an acronym. Uh, if you take the X, as a symbol for Christ. You have Catholic Addicts Living in Christ. CalixSociety.org. And okay. uh, thank you, Chuck, for that. Yeah, an, uh, an online meeting. So people could join that really from all across the country, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, international. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So Just want to make a, sure we mention that. Yeah. yeah. We had a all nice, right. Tell uh, us about the image of Our Lady yeah, of Guadalupe. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. You know, the image is so beautiful. You know, first of all, it's a, you know, Maria Lucia made the Telma, and, uh, you know, just that that was going through her hands, and the Blessed Mother would use that. She must have been watching that from her place in heaven. But it was made from, like, a yate, vegetated plant. It was supposed to break down in, like, 20 years, and it's just as fresh today as it was in, in 1531. And when they looked at it, they, you know, looked at all the pigments on it, you know, and the pigments are not of this world. They can't trace anything to the pigments. And I love it where she, uh, you know, the, 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 the sun is behind her. And that was the, um, that was the God you know, that they were sacrificing the, the little ones to, you know, the sun God. And so she's overpowering the sun God. And the Aztecs knew it. They saw it more powerful. And they began flocking uh, to the truth and those human those human sacrifices were ended. And that's what it's all about, Chuck. You know, today we're not hearing as much. And, you know, this is the whole root of our problems is abortion. Someone called it the, uh, the devil's crown jewel. And it is. You know, if we get that right, then everything's going to be right. We're going to prosper. We'll be close to God. If we don't get that right, you know, our nation's going to go down. I want to say this. But, um, there was an Alan Keyes, a black Catholic uh, candidate running for the president some years ago, and he, his platform was morality, and he was debating 
on the debates, and they said, well, you know, there's more than uh, one issue than pro-life. There's a lot of other issues. And Alan Key said this. He said, well, let me tell you something. If you're on a ship and that ship has a hole on the bottom of the ship, you better fix that hole before you fix the plumbing and the electric and the water and everything else because that ship's going down. Abortion is the hole in the ship of our nation, and we need to take care of that and do it now. God's been so patient, and Mary, you know, we, we, you know, they're just waiting for us to turn our hearts, to repent, to turn away from sin, and come close to God, and to change this scourge of abortion, this uh, the devil's crown jewel, that you know, put him out, you know, and everything will be beautiful. And uh, but uh, that, that's the whole message for me, Chuck. I'm so strong about that. You know, it's all well, about then, I am the immaculate conception. Yeah, and then, but talk about the image because Our Lady's pregnant. <laughs> the sash yeah. around her abdomen. It, that's right. what the Aztec women uh, wore in their native garb to let everybody know they were with child. Mary is carrying Jesus in this image. Right, right. And and the other thing, there was a Jewish doctor who got close to the image, and she put her stethoscope on the image and could could hear a heartbeat. Wow. You know, and, and this Jewish doctor converted to to Catholicism over it. You know, how the two hearts are one, right? Jesus, the humanity, and, and the divinity, and Mary, I am the Immaculate Conception. Yeah. And think of ourselves, right? I'm first spiritual, and then I take body. Chuck, I bless so many bodies, you know, overdoses, hanging from rafters, laying on floors, parents over them. And I worked with the little sisters of the poor, and I would bless their bodies and be there at the hour of death. And they were most graceful and beautiful, but the other deaths down here, the tragic ones, were terrible. But I always said, the Lord has the last word. But when I look at the body, Chuck, they're not there. There's a separation. The soul's not there. You see, the soul animates the body. We're spirit beings having human experiences. And in my soul, I have memory, intellect, and will. I raise my hand, and I can give a blessing. My body obeys, obeys me because it's my soul that animates my body. But here's the thing. What animates the soul? We don't do anything without God. That's how close we are. We make that divine connection, and now we make choices. But God is present. I couldn't move a little finger. We couldn't have this uh, radio program, Chuck without God, God directly involved with it all. And he is, he is. But, um, you know, it's all about life when it begins. It begins, my mother and my father, I get half my chromosome, half my genes, but the soul has no parts. And, and so God corrects me, uh, creates me directly. Let there be a Douglas McKay, and then I take my body. At my conception, that life begins there. That's where I find my personhood, my meaning, who I am. And everything else, you know, like the thing is, uh, we find our, our our merits and who we are, not what we do. We're human yeah. beings, not human doings. But yeah, it's so powerful this image, Chuck. It yeah. says so much uh, to us all. Yeah, F- Father, Father Douglas, let's uh, let's squeeze a phone call in here, Joseph in Sacramento. I know you've been waiting for a while, but thank you for doing that, and welcome to the program today. Yes, um, good morning, sir, and good morning, Father, and. Uh, my question was this: um, very much, I, I've never been really truly uh, dedicated to Our Lady of Guadalupe per se, but I say the Rosary every day as a family. And my only question is this: um, I've had a habit since I was a little boy, uh, right around the age of reason, all the way until today, 
And um, I would like to know that uh, even after having done the confession and I fall again, though this habit of mine has tapered through the years, it's not gone, it's tapered, um, does she still listen to me, Mama Mary, even though when I'm in the state of sin? Yes, and when you're talking to her, that's a blessing, that's a grace, and and that's Mary calling you into her arms. Um, now, we, we fall down all the time. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're sinners, we have that, we're prone to fall, we have a fallen nature, and we fall down and we get up, you know, and, and you look at the lives of the saints, and the struggles, we grow in the struggles, and it humbles me when, when, when I fall to sin, you know, it humbles me and I reach up, but God's mercy, it, it's always there through Mary, and it'll never go away. You're not your sins, you're not your shortcomings, and you're not your character defects. By your conception, God created you in his very image and likeness. And he loves you, Joe. So you keep getting up and, and keep go to confession. Uh, keep making acts of contritions. And, and that's really, that that is um, God taking the initiative. He's giving you the guilt and the shame, and he's calling you back to himself. He won't let you go. You're too precious to him. So yeah. by all means, you're, you, he listens. He listens. He hears everything you say. He knows every thought, word, and deed that you do. Yeah. Joseph, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to run into a time crunch here, but I hope that proved to be helpful to you. And, uh, just, uh, back to the, the word trust, uh, Father Douglas. We have a merciful God who loves us. And yes, we do fall. Yes, we are not perfect. Yes, we want to be better, but we do fall. And the mercy of God, the sacrament of reconciliation heals us and gives us hope, doesn't it? Yep. And that hope is Christian hope, Chuck. It's I anticipate it, I expect it. You know, uh, that hope is Christian hope. It's not the hope, uh, I hope the, uh, my favorite football team or baseball team wins or it doesn't rain on my picnic. Hope is, no, I trust God's going to do something. He loves me too yeah. much. And I just I give him permission to do it. Yeah. Joseph, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. A few minutes left, and uh, when Father Douglas McKay is on, I get to this point in the hour, and this is when I say, Father Douglas McKay, do you have one more story for us? Yeah, thanks, Chuck, for asking. And the story is uh, about a mystic, and she's, uh, you know, having visions of back at the time of Jesus, and the, the mystic, the holy woman, is, is, is seeing a mother with her, her, her 10-year-old boy, and the 10-year-old boy is climbing up on the roof on the ladder, and he falls, and he breaks his back. And, and, and the mother is bringing him to places like you know, doctors, and she exhausts all of her uh, income, and, and to no avail. But she hears you know, about Jesus coming to the village, right outside of the village, and he's on top of the hillside, almost a mile away. So the mother picks up her, her, her physically challenged son and carries him all the way to the brink of the hill. Jesus is on the hill. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom of God to the apostles and, and all the followers that are there. And the Blessed Mother is there. And Mary looks down. She sees this widow mother with her, with her uh, paralyzed son. And Mary goes down. She says, give me your son. I am a mother, too. She takes the little boy in her arms, and the Blessed Mother goes up, and she's walking through the crowd, through everybody. And Jesus sees his mother coming with the little boy, and there's a hush. Jesus stops preaching, and the mother comes up, and she gives the little boy 
to Jesus. He takes the little boy in his arms and he puts the little boy down. The little boy begins running around, high-fiving, you know, the apostles. She, the little boy goes down and he helps the mother home. Now, Peter comes up to Jesus and said, Lord, this miracle was so different than all your miracles. Well, what do you mean, Peter? Well, you usually do something. You make mud, you touch the eyes, you say something, pick up your mat, go sin no more. Here, you didn't do anything. And Jesus said, Peter, the little boy was in the arms of my mother, and that is all that is necessary. Chuck, when we're in the arms of our mother, that is all that is necessary. Is she not our mother? Is she not, are we not under the shadow of her protection? Is she not the fountain of our life? Are we not in the folds of her mantle? Are we not in the crossing of her arms? Is there anything else necessary? And she smiles at us. In the arms of Mary is to be in the arms of our God. Hmm. See why I leave time at the end of the program for one more story from Father Douglas McKay. <laughs> if you uh, joined <laughs> us late today, if you joined us late today, by the way, we would invite you to go back and uh, download the podcast. You can hear the entire program. And uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, share it with your friends. Tell your uh, family as well. Father Douglas McKay, our spiritual director, on this uh, feast, uh, memorial feast of uh, St. Juan Diego, looking ahead to Our Lady of Guadalupe in three days. Father Douglas, we'd like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee, to all those who do not have recourse to thee, especially the enemies of the Church and all those who are commended to you. And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may, and may God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Douglas McKay joining us from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia today. Thanks to him. Thanks to all of you for joining us as well. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass in about 60 seconds. Don't forget, 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. We're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.